What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science, a podcast that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and technology. I'm Sean, your host. Hope you guys are doing well on this first, or should I say, second week of March. Wow. We're already up in March. This is crazy. I feel like January was the slowest month of all time, and February and March so far have just been kind of on that express lane kick, turbo kick, uh, going real fast so far. Um, Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Today, figured I would address, when we're talking about the intersectional relationship between business, culture, and technology, I wanted to see where things went, but at this point, I think it's time to address the elephant in the room and do an episode about it, and that is obviously by far the biggest news story in the world right now, and that is the coronavirus. Um, it's had a major impact on business, culture, and in a way, technology, depending on how you define technology, but as far as medical equipment goes, as far as how it's affecting businesses in certain ways, like it is really quickly changing a lot of things in the world right now. So you could make a podcast about this that lasts, um, you know, days if you really wanted to. This is something that touches almost every vertical in society, um, from family to business to uh, government, international relations, um, government-funded programs, uh everything really everything all forms of industry transportation so it's a big deal it's a little scary it's a little bit out of a you know disaster movie or something but at the same time there's a lot of uh media sensationalizing going on um you would think this is like a disease that kills one in every two people or something like that based on the media response Um, I think it is good to have a balanced perspective and have the negative and the positive kind of on an even-keeled plane. I do think it's a little ridiculous when people are like, the mortality rate's only, you know, 2.3% or 3% or under 1% based on whatever data you you go by. Because if you look at the mortality rate by age group, um... It jumps up to like 14 when it's somebody, I think it's over like 75 or 80 years old. It's like 14%. And, old, you know, old people matter. I don't want old people that are part of my family passing because of this. So I think um, I get the point that the mortality rate is very low, but I think we should definitely take it seriously. That being said, I think we should balance positive and negative stories in the press the same way. I get it. Negative is what drives um, 
impressions in the world of media. That's why, in general, most news stories on the news at night are negative. That's why most front-page headlines on websites of news companies are negative. But there's good stories if you look hard enough. Like, for example, um, in Wuhan, all those hospitals that they rushed to build are now starting to close because uh, they don't have enough patients anymore, which means in China, at least, you know, the... the uh, rate of uh, getting the disease might be going down a bit, which is a good thing. That being said, China, after the initial window where they kind of lost the ability to contain it, they handled things very seriously, whereas in Italy and the United States, we're keeping things a little too casual, in my opinion, so we might have a uh, huge spike in people getting this thing, COVID-19. So I think overall, you know, there's a balance of positives and negatives going on right now. Overall, obviously, it's mostly negative. Um, I think the lack of testing kits is a huge problem. I don't know what's going on there. The conspiracy theory is that Donald Trump is very preoccupied with the upcoming election, so he's trying to keep the official numbers of infected patients low from an optic standpoint so it looks good for him to get reelected, even though... Obviously, this thing's going to be more spread than what's reported. To me, that's a pretty crappy move. It's an egotistical kind of dick move. But, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believe it. But, I, you know, knowing Trump, even if you like Trump, let's be honest, that isn't surprising at all. If you're the biggest Trump supporter in the world, that shouldn't be that big of a surprise to you. I'm just saying. Um... All right, but to kind of format this podcast a little, I want to talk mostly about, on a personal level, how it's affecting. But anyway, back to on a personal level. So one thing that I've talked about plenty of times on this this show um, is that I work in e-commerce, and I work for an e-commerce food company here in New York City, and... uh, To me, from a business standpoint, one of the craziest things about this coronavirus is how quickly it can reshuffle everything going on about a particular business, Um, particularly in the food, CPG, delivery industry, because like, all right, we're going to do story time. We're going to do story time. We're going to do story time. So for my business that I work for, before all of this became what it is, um, a massive, you know, global story, our main initiatives were around driving up orders. We had some service issues in the past. Um, we fixed them, but now we kind of lost the demand a little bit. So a lot of what we were trying to do is regain traction through uh, marketing initiatives to kind of get that customer demand back up. Now, COVID-19 touches down in New York. People start panicking a bit. All the grocery stores become out of stock. No one can buy hand sanitizer, yada, yada, yada. And now our all of our company's initiatives have kind of been shuffled and kind of shaken up like a snow globe. And we have a total different problem we have to solve for. A total different... Um, benefit, I guess, 
in a weird way that we didn't foresee coming and have to adjust for. So everything just kind of got flipped on its head. Now we, a lot of people that were customers for us left us when we had our service issues are now coming back to us because they don't want to go to the grocery store anymore. And um, I guess they noticed that our service was pretty good again. So they're staying, but now because we're getting such an influx of those types of customers, our service quality is going down again. Um, Some of it has to just do with the rapid change in demand, and we have to kind of adjust for that because it's a pretty big operation. But the other side of the coin, more on the e-commerce side, is something we don't really have much control of, which is out of stocks. And that's pretty much every store in the world right now when it comes to certain products like hand sanitizer um we had some but it's difficult getting enough right now because for example our search traffic for certain products like purell sanitizer jumped in search traffic the past couple weeks by ten thousand percent we have ten thousand percent more queries for hand sanitizer than pretty much ever before for you know how long the company's been in business you know 15 20 years they have ordered and forecasted the same amount of hand sanitizer for every quarter it was never an issue and now there's 10,000% more traffic going towards hand sanitizer so that's kind of more on a granular business level when it comes to thing like things like search traffic, how this coronavirus outbreak can affect business. It's pretty insane. Um, the entire strategy of the company has totally shifted. We have daily coronavirus reports now from the store team about what types of coronavirus-related searches are being made at what frequency and there's, you know, our upper management is, is now kind of creating plans of action the best they can around um, these coronavirus particular needs from our customers. Also, it's affecting, you know, we deliver to people's houses. We, um, you know, ring the doorbell. We give people their uh, products. So the other side of it is we are exploring different ways to do that we're not stepping foot in people's houses we're only dropping off groceries and letting people know via text message or phone calls but the bottom line is we're kind of creating protocols around how we deliver food products and um, trying to become in less contact with customers uh, just for health and safety reasons the other thing that's crazy is where i work all of the office employees and all the um, plant employees kind of all work in the same building it's one massive building and you enter the same way for both but because plant employees are you know are touching food packaging food all day we have this massive area right in front with all of these portable hand washing and hand sanitizer uh, stations there's like probably like 15 of them and I remember they were installing them the other day and the VP of HR was there he was kind of like somewhat intimidating army-ish looking dude which is kind of interesting 
usually not the type for an HR VP. But, uh, yeah, he's this kind of, like, big, intimidating dude. And he was just, like, watching people like a hawk. He looked like a Border Patrol agent or something, making sure all these workers come in and wash their hands first before they enter into their their, uh, their areas. And these stations are not pretty. It makes the company look like kind of an eyesore, at least in the front desk area. Um, it kind of looks like, I don't know, like a hand-washing area to go to a outdoor festival or something it's like something you would see at like coachella you would not expect it in a welcome area of an office building it looks like you know a little porter potty ish in a way but uh yeah goes to show you um when things get real where the priorities really are and uh yeah keeping your hands clean is a big one i wash my hands every day when i go to work every single day before i sit down at my desk i wash my hands and that happened before any of this coronavirus stuff. So do that, people. Do that. Stay clean. Um, I also took a look online at sites like Business Insider. And um, it seems like we're not alone when it comes to how we're handling deliveries. Uh, Postmates announced that they're going to start non-contact meal deliveries, too, during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, I think... What that means is basically they're adding this section to their app, which my company already has and been had for years, by the way, where basically they um, make the user declare where they want their deliveries dropped off. From the screenshots the Business Insider article provided, it says, meet me outside, deliver to my door, or leave order at my door as the three options. There's some problems with that because what if you're used to having stuff left with your doorman? You know, if you live in New York City, there are a ton of apartment buildings with doormen. Um, There's also situations where you can't go through the front. You have to go through a freight elevator sometimes at some of the more fancier, schmancier buildings, which could affect, um, you know, deliveries being on time. So there's a lot of factors that I don't think Postmates is really used to that can influence how effective this tool is. Also, if you're in the suburbs, I don't know if Postmates delivers to the suburbs, but in L.A. they have to, right? L.A. is just basically one big suburb, and Postmates is by far the most popular delivery service in L.A. What if you have a dog? What if it's like, meet me, let's see, deliver to my door, and there's a dog right there? Hmm? Hmm? That's something that my company has to deal with often so we we have this exact same project but it's a lot more fleshed out so for me this one hits a little close to home but regardless it's kind of showing an example of how uh, companies are scrambling to iterate on their products to accommodate how um, you got to stay clean when this thing's going on can't be touching strangers People don't want random delivery people touching them either. Um, And then on a higher level, there's a lot of companies now talking about more flexible work-from-home policies. Um, Just today, Tim Cook uh, publicly announced that he's encouraging remote work at Apple Global Offices because of the coronavirus. So if Tim Cook's saying, you know, stay home, work from home, You know, what are these other companies? Who are these other companies to say, oh, no, you have to come to the office? 
You know what I mean? If Apple's saying it's okay, it pretty much means that's going to be the uh, the norm as this thing, or if, I should say if this thing picks up in momentum. Um, I just don't think people are going to value going to work, and I don't think um, companies will have the leverage to, like, fire people because they're just going to look like a terrible company. And, uh, you know, if someone wanted to tip off um, editorials, you know, the businesses can get slammed in the press if they're big enough. Um, other things that are going on right now is the uh, idea of, like, how gig workers don't really have a lot of uh, benefits when it comes to coronavirus. So it seems like Amazon flex drivers won't be paid if they have to stay home due to coronavirus. So they're pretty much screwed. It's kind of, and which is, I guess one of the issues with capitalism is if you have a job where you're a contractor and you don't have guaranteed salary or anything like that, you know, you get kind of screwed in instances like this where you're literally unable to work because um, of a national public health crisis. Capitalism, for its many benefits, tends to fail in these types of situations. That being said, companies could just be a little nicer about it. Um, the Verge is reporting how, while that may be true for Amazon Flex's drivers, Ubers will be able to have sick pay. Even though they're contractors, they're not full-time employees. Uber drivers, if they have to stay home due to coronavirus, will get sick pay. And I encourage Uber drivers to stay home. I mean, just the other day here in New York, there was a case in Far Rockaway of the coronavirus that tested positive. And what's funny is initially the Twitter reaction was like, how the hell did coronavirus get to Far Rockaway? You can barely even get there by subway. Um, yeah, Far Rockaway is out there. It is out there. Not my favorite place in New York. But uh, either way, it made it out there. And uh, supposedly the person that tested positive was an Uber driver, which is great, right? That's the type of person you want to test positive for this thing. The kind that just transport various strangers around the city all day perfect type of person um anyway anyway i just want to talk about how this is kind of affecting me where i work where i live and uh, businesses that are in my general vicinity um i want to keep it kind of more on a personal level because you could scope creep the living daylights out of talking about this kind of thing because it's it's affecting everything but um high level i would just say my hopes with this whole thing is that collectively it gets the country the world in general to kind of get its crap together and come up with a strategy to globally fight these kinds of issues because this is kind of in a way it's not a blessing but in a way it is because it's not a super deadly virus, you know, something that can totally wipe out a huge chunk of the world's population. It's not quite that. It's something that's, you know, scary, definitely um, fatal in certain cases, 
but essentially something that's, you know, it's a little worse than the flu, right? In general, you could say it's a little bit worse than the flu. It might not, you know, depending on your age, your health might not even be a little worse than the flu, but I think it's a little more contagious from what I've been reading, so you can define worse in that way. And uh, it's it's a decent trial run to figure out how to handle these things because it could definitely happen again and it could definitely be something much worse. So my hope is that when this thing finally dies down a bit and people have more time for reflection, um, sort of organizational effort on a global level to have an aligned approach on how to tackle these kinds of issues and there's some protocol that every country has to take um, to prevent this thing or the next thing, I should say, from getting out of control. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I hope it's the case because from China to Italy to Iran to the United States, a lot of countries kind of dropped the ball on this one way or the other. Some scrambled well, like China. Some are continuously dropping the ball. Some did great, like, um, you know, I heard in Singapore, for example, they were on it, and uh, it was very easy to get tested, get treatment, etc. But that's one city-state. Um, the United States is a different animal. Uh, moving forward, it's going to be interested to see how this impacts the election, because if this really gets bad, it's going to be, from an optics standpoint, not a good look for Trump. So it's interesting for um how it's going to impact the next election. It's interesting to see what's going to happen as far as uh, working from home and if certain cities have to self-quarantine, how that's going to play out. But there's a lot of moving parts right now. Um, a little scary, a little interesting, but definitely hitting technology, culture, and business on all fronts. Like I could literally just make the podcast about this um, I don't want to do that because it's kind of a damper and I like to keep things a little bit more on the positive side. But hey, it's real. It's reality. It's affecting me. It might be affecting you. But I just kind of wanted to uh, kind of give a rundown on how it's affecting me on a personal level and some thoughts on the issue in general. I also had a business meeting the other day where I had to go to another company uh, another company's office and what's funny is they had this like no touching policy so we couldn't like give handshakes we jokingly did the elbow thing where we touch elbows like in japan um but yeah even i got like an email in advance saying just so you know we're not doing handshakes not because we don't like you because of the coronavirus so just as a heads up and that's kind of one of the weirder business emails i've ever received so uh so yeah even as something as uh routine and small as a meeting handshake when you're working with another business um can be affected so but one thing i'm definitely seeing is a lot of people in new york city still don't give a damn people are still being gross on the subway people are still touching all the rails people are still you know not really taking it that seriously. So that's kind of worrisome um, to a degree. And I wonder if this thing hits hard, if the United States in general, or at least in urban environments, 
you know, start when it comes to cleanliness and germs, start being more like Asian countries, wearing the masks, being a little bit cleaner. I live close to Brooklyn, Chinatown, and I take the same train line as a lot of, uh, you know, Chinese Brooklynites that live down there. And they're all, you know, in masks usually, but uh, the rest of New York, forget it. Forget it. Um, But we'll see. We shall see. All right, I'm going to end it there. Um, I don't like making these podcasts drag on too long these days. I like to keep it kind of under 25 minutes so i'm gonna call it thank you guys so much um if you guys have any questions or comments about the coronavirus or anything else of course hit us up at nrs underscore show on instagram or twitter or at not rocket science show at gmail.com also a review in the app store goes a long way so please leave a review if uh you enjoy the show all right i'm sean that's all i got this week Hope you guys have a good one. And as always, 